0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Unproductive Justice, the podcast about reproductive justice, health, pop culture, and everything in between. We're your hosts, Bridget and Anna. And we are very unqualified to be talking about the things that we are going to be talking about today. But you're here, so buckle in.
1: Yeah, so we did take a little hiatus. Um, Bridget is actually going to take the bar soon. Um, So (laughs) she's really busy and I have no excuses. It's been really cold here and we're actually recording this over Zoom because I am unwilling to walk to Bridget's house even though we technically live in the same neighborhood in D.C., so that's where I'm at, personally.
0: Yeah, I didn't leave the house for five days last week um, at all, so that's where I'm also at. Um, It's very cold, there's no reason to go outside, so we aren't.
1: Yeah, I I don't see any point to do it. Um, But we have a jam-packed episode today, so why don't we get right into it?
0: Okay, well, we're going to start with segment number one called the Repro Issue of the Week.
1: Anna, take it away. So I know that you might be tired of me talking about SB8 in Texas, but it's it's still happening. People in Texas still don't have a lot of access to abortion right now because of this horrible bill. And just to, you know, to, to get you guys up to speed, SB8 is this law that passed in texas that is basically a six-week abortion ban and six weeks um is refers to like the weeks of gestation and so basically like most people don't find out they're pregnant by six weeks six weeks is like you barely missed a period if anything if you even get a period like yeah
0: let me tell you something right now you're talking to a 29 year old cis Adult woman who has never once in her life tracked a period. No. Every time it's like, ooh, my boobs are a little sensitive. Ooh, I'm breaking out and I'm bitchy. Oh, there it is. It's always a big I ne- shock.
1: Ne- <laughs> I never see it coming. I literally <laughs> always get into like a fight with my partner and then like the day after I'm like, oopsie I was emotional because it's my period (laughs) sorry I was crazy or or I'll be like
0: sobbing over something that's like really not that hard (laughs) or that serious and I'll be like my life is so hard and then the next day it's like blood (laughs) and that's when I know yeah
1: so that's like the context that we're talking about so six weeks like most people that have periods like if you have a regular period, that's like barely enough time to even notice that you have missed a period. So that's like, that's what we're talking about here. It's essentially a total ban on abortions. Um, and as we've talked about it before, it went up to the Supreme Court in a couple of different ways. Both the government through the Department of Justice brought their own little suit and then providers brought their suit and because of a lot of like legal mumbo jumbo, the Supreme Court just was like, we're not even going to, like, talk about the merits of the case. We're just going to be like, not our problem. (laughs) Like, bye-bye. Like, you can just do it. And the thing that was, like, (coughs) tripping them up, which was, like, on purpose, is that the Texas legislator was like, okay, so we're not going to, like, get rid of your constitutional rights, but we are going to deputize citizens in the state of Texas to get rid of your constitutional rights because um, in a lot of these cases in, like, the... um. Yeah, the things that you can bring to court, it's like if a if a state or a government is actually, you know, denying you that right. Um and so it's harder to litigate. I don't even know if you can litigate if like a private entity is denying you a constitutional like that's not our problem basically. No. Yeah. Cuz the go- it's based
0: the rights are only like against the government.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's sort of the very quick and dirty mm-hmm. version. Um and so the Supreme Court was like, we don't want to say anything about this. And so we're going to kick it back to you, the Fifth Circuit. And um, the Fifth Circuit, oh, did it go? Honestly, procedurally, this case has been really like complicated. And even I, who like do this for a job, am very confused by it. Um, but the Fifth Circuit was like, hmm, we don't know what to do about this either. We kind of want to, like, kick it back to the district court. But it might just be, like, a thing for the Texas Supreme Court. So, like, we don't really know. And for context, the district court previously, I think, didn't they, um, they said that it was un- unconstitutional, right? The district court.
0: Yes, there was an iconic decision out of the district court which this isn't really relevant but I don't know what happened if it was it was a great opinion the opinion was excellent very much grounded in reproductive rights jurisprudence um but I think maybe the law clerk who was working on this brief accidentally wrote the same paragraph same opening paragraph twice in the brief and it's right there it's the first page and so oh, no. that for me was like <laughs> at first i was like girls come on like
1: <laughs> it's right
0: there can we just like get this under control let's not undermine our Decisions here right out the gate. But then people online were saying stuff like the judge was like, I said what I said and I'm gonna say it again for you <laughs> And so I really like that lens. Yeah. No, but yeah, that's a really the good district court.
1: That's a really uh, good way to view it. <laughs> so
0: <Sorry. laughs> um, we over talk each other, get over it. We're on Zoom. So
1: and honestly to our two listeners that aren't us or our partners, like what do you expect what do you expect exactly (laughs) um yeah so basically Um, they're like they're like where do we kick it back to and like again what we're saying too is like the supreme court should have just said unconstitutional babes like no more of this and they had a chance to do that even before it went to effect and they were like "Mm, i don't think so and so they've just been letting it linger and just like denying access for like all these days it's like past like 100 days at this point where people have just it has been it's been in effect in texas since september 1st of last and um, it's like 150
0: something days
1: yeah so like a really long time (laughs) like not good um and a lot of texas patients like of course are going to other states and are overwhelming other states because you know I don't know if you know this, but the South isn't too friendly with abortion. There's a lot of restrictions, and it's, like, really difficult to get an abortion in the South. Um, But any so it's been kicking back and forth, and the Fifth Circuit was planning, like, we're actually going to kick this over to state court, which is no bueno. (laughs) Because state (laughs) courts, like, specifically in Texas, and this might be shocking to our listeners, um... Not good for abortion rights, um mostly republican judges like and it's a little bit the wild wild west in the, in state courts, um just like generally um and we are pretty much guaranteed that the state court will find any kind of way to weasel out of calling this unconstitutional, um, so that's where it's at right now,
0: yep, that's where it's at um and then didn't it go back to the Supreme Court?
1: oh, they tried to, they filed a writ of Man, no, no, no. It was a writ of mandamus. The mandamus. Mandamus. One of those. Writ
0: of something.
1: Rid right of something, and they were asking to. They were asking. Um, I think it was the providers. They were asking them to tell the Fifth Circuit to take it back to federal district court, and they're like, "No, we don't want to do it." And of course, um, you know, Sotomayor at all uh dissented and we're like you know this is all ha all has been an for constant um so yeah the supreme court again failed to act slash like is actively letting this spill and is actively telling people of texas fuck you just go ahead and get pregnant keep that fetus and let it wreak havoc on your wallet body and soul so that's what's exactly happening
0: exactly that yeah so
1: not great
0: um so yeah that's that's what happened there um and we have another update sorry if you're burnt out from hearing about this man but buckle <laughs> in because news came out today that yeah. we were right um yeah. and we <laughs> predicted the future we we both predicted s- the
1: future and we uh What's it called? You called something into happening? We manifested, manifested it. it. Yeah.
0: We manifested this reality, this news that happened today, that Justice Breyer has officially, I don't know if he's officially announced it personally, but the Supreme Court came out today to announce that Justice Breyer intends to retire after um, this term. So uh, he will be retiring. So... We're excited about that. Briar, retire. (laughs) Briar, (laughs) retire. For all the reasons that we discussed in our last episode, we're excited about that. Um, But I definitely, as the resident Briar stan uh, on this podcast and probably the only one in the world, (laughs) I would like (laughs) to take a few moments to talk about briar
1: and how much Could he, can we play uh, that that uh sarah mclaughlin song that's like in the arms, the arms, of, arms, arms of the angel <laughs>
0: fly away <laughs> from here <laughs> from this dark cold hotel room <laughs> and the <laughs> endlessness that you feel <laughs> that is the soundtrack to this next coming segment where we update you about justice Breyer's retirement so i put together some thoughts um first and foremost i want to say that i i was a stand for briar before it was cool and it was cool as of today as of him announcing his retirement so uh all you girlies out there who think that you've been on the We Love Briar bandwagon, no, honey, I'm driving that bandwagon. <laughs> I am the original Briar stan. I always have I don't been, know why you want to double be. down
1: on this identity.
0: Because he fucking rocks, okay? First of all, <laughs> I'm sure, like I said last week, he had some secret problematic... Op- actually, not even secret. Like he came Next down week, we're going to find wrong- out he's like... <laughs> A neo-nazi. Had a <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, I'm sure they would have covered that shit up if that was true, but... <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> um, Yeah, so he, no, I mean, he has bad decisions in the past. He came down on the wrong side of Masterpiece Cake Shop. Um, he sided with the conservatives on that, which was a case about um, a gay couple in Colorado asking a cake Maker masterpiece cake shop to make them a cake for their wedding and were denied that. And the court came down to say I mean, I don't know the opinion well, but I believe they said that it's like someone's First Amendment rights to be able to deny making a cake for a wedding, whatever.
1: So he's had his slip ups. Every time I hear about that case, sorry to interrupt, I'm always like, what a perfect sort of casebook case. Like, because I feel like all the cases that we, like, learned about in law school are, like, this, like, random thing that somehow has this huge effect. Like, oh, there was a railroad and they got a ticket for a lifetime. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's like the same thing of, like, <laughs> there was a cake shop and now this is about, like, gay rights. Like, what do you? Like, yeah. I don't know.
0: It's relatable. It's relatable. But, um, I mean, Elena Kagan came down wrong on that one, I believe. So, Yeah. Um, he's, he's not the only one who fucked up, but I will say that he has been a champion in other aspects. He wrote the most recent decision, um, that struck down attempts to take down the ACA, which is really awesome. Uh, he has consistently, um, either authored or cited to protect LGBTQ rights he has been a very strong protector of our democracy in the aspect of separation of powers. He has like written about it. He has um joined decisions or written decisions about the importance of separation of powers and like sticking to the like underpinnings of our democracy. So I think that in that aspect he's been He has an incredible legacy, but his greatest legacy, I think, lies in the decisions that he authored related to abortion access Um, in Whole Woman's Health he and in June Medical. But in Whole Woman's Health, I think that in a lot of ways, he really ushered in a new era of abortion jurisprudence because he employed a judicial review standard that logically weighed the benefits of abortion restrictions with their burdens on abortion access. Um, so after the Casey decision in 1992, mm-hmm. there was just the undue burden standard was, which was what courts had to apply to determine whether or not um, whether or not an abortion restriction in a state is an creates an undue burden on abortion access. But that's like a very subjective test, right? Like any justice that that goes before, they really get to decide or judge that that goes before, like. It, it gives them incredible judicial discretion. It gives them the opportunity to say, like, uh, actually, I think this fact is, like, they, they essentially could pick and choose which facts they were going to consider to be an unwarranted or undue burden on abortion. But he, uh, being our ever pragma- pragmatic, evidence-based, fact-based king... Don't say was Like. <laughs> <laughs> I slacked Anna today, and I was like, "I just almost <laughs> tweeted." <laughs> Shout out to our <laughs> evidence-based Zaddy. We He's like eighty-five you. <laughs> or whatever.
1: He's
0: and then alone. I was like, t- "I was like, you need to take away my login information for Twitter because I'm out of control right now." I was like losing my mind when I found out that he was retiring because I felt a lot of emotions. I felt. First and foremost, gratitude that he was um, leaving when we needed him to because whether we like it or not, like once we lose the Senate during the primaries, like we're not going to be able to fill the, a seat if a justice up and dies, um, especially one of ours, the liberals. Um, and I also felt very stressed out because I was like, oh my gosh, his legacy is Whole Woman's Health and June Medical. and. All the other cases that he authored in the past and I just kind of felt like it's so sad that he's going to leave and Rose probably going to fall like right after. Um, and then I also was like, oh my God, is, is Biden going to follow through with his promises to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court? I just felt like very overwhelmed with a lot of different feelings. So I was running around my house screaming and just going crazy and <laughs> just slacking random people like, hey, want to talk about? like just aspiring retiring and people being like So you were going through uh, a manic I'm, episode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what you're describing is a psychological I disease.
0: <laughs> I was manic, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so we love him because he created this balancing test. He really looked he considered evidence at a, at face value. He considered the overall larger impact of regulations on abortion access and he said Honey, look at the facts. Um, is this going to actually improve like reproductive health in the state of Texas or in the state of Louisiana? Or is it going to shut down every goddamn clinic and no one's going to be able to get abortions? Let's just look at this logically, sweetheart. And so I love him for that. Um, I also love that he is so expressive during oral arguments like he was so dramatic he would sigh <laughs> so loud when like a a attorney would like make a stupid point or argue something that was <laughs> illogical or he would call people out and be like that made no sense. Can you let me bring the, you back? Like, <laughs> listen to what you just said. And so I love the the chaos
1: and the camp. And I can't I'm wait just... for, like, Gen Z to be, like, Supreme Court justices. <laughs> just, like, show us the receipt.
0: Yeah, they're going to be like, bet. That was... <laughs> yeah, so we love him for that. And also I think one of his, like... Uh, I, I'm going to read a quote from Erwin Chemerinsky. My uh, dean! He's a legal scholar. Yes, the dean of your law school. And he wrote an op-ed a couple months ago urging Breyer to retire. And like we said last week, obviously we all wish that like the courts were this like neutral arbiters of the law, but like that's not the place that we are at right now, and that's not right. the reality. Um, but Erwin Chemerinsky... He kind of encapsulated this tension when he said, it's a difficult choice, of course, to step down from one of the most revered and consequential positions in our constitutional system, particularly for someone still capable of doing the job superbly as Breyer is. But there are also times when the stewards of our system must put the good of an institution they love and of the country they love above their own interests. They have to recognize that no one, not even a brilliant justice, is irreplaceable, and that the risks presented by remaining are more than hypothetical. Oh, shit. Snaps.
1: For that. Fiery ass quote. So, yeah. Chem really goes off. Also, I just want to say, like, I don't know if you've ever seen him speak, but he's, like, literally, like, he just, like, speaks in, like, outlined form, but it's just, like, straight out of his ass. Just, like, he just pulls out just, like, citations. He'll, he'll cite to a footnote of a case just, like, on the fly. And I'm like, how do you... Like, I am never, ever going to remember footnotes. Like, never. Goals. Yeah. It's, like, to watch him speak is kind of incredible. Um, I also heard that his, like, son is a little bit of a deadbeat, which makes me... But anyways. Yeah. So thanks,
0: Briar. We love you. And also, I think like your legacy will be like being a practical zaddy. But also, I think your legacy is going to be that you weren't like the rest of these hoes that died on the fucking bench. And you said, you know what? I'm going to step down because I know my place and I'm going to stay in my lane. And we love you for that. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, do we know much about the
0: um, the sort of top picks for Biden? I do not. I just kn- I've seen their names. Yeah, same. Um, we we can like go through them, but I can't really. I know Cheryl and Eiffel is cool. I think she used to be from LDF, Legal Defense Fund for NAACP, mm-hmm. um, and also there's just like a bunch of there's uh, somebody. Oh, let me pull up their names. There's someone Oh, one on, of them,
1: um, Judge, uh, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson from D.C., I'm pretty sure.
0: On the D.C. Circuit, because yeah. usually those are, like, the ideal picks. Like, Kavanaugh mm. eh, was on the D.C. Circuit. Um, uh, RBG was on the D.C. Circuit.
1: Wait, are these all um, black women? I'm going to be crying. Yeah. Aw. I, I thought know. he would sneak in a white a white girl and see if we wouldn't notice.
0: Yeah. I mean, also, it's going to be a wild summer. We've got um, now a SCOTUS confirmation battle. Uh, We've got midterms coming up, all this during a pandemic, a potential European war, potential government shutdown, um, and then also Roe v. Wade is going to fall, so (laughs) (laughs) it's looking like shitty. Today, I was blasting in my headphones while thinking about how horrible this summer is going to be. Us was listening to, I got that summertime, summertime <laughs> sadness, <laughs> this is <the> summertime <laughs> by Lana Del Rey. Uh, and yeah, but you know what? We're just things, yeah, things are dire, but whatever. We just have to keep pushing forward, right?
1: <laughs> I, I don't think we have an option. No. What's the alternative? We don't.
0: To cough and give up?
1: Um, No, I think summer is going to be really fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it and I can't wait to watch it all burn. Yeah, that'll be fun. (laughs) I mean, hopefully. I mean, I won't be working here anymore. You're
0: not going to be working? (laughs) Not with you. That's so rude. That's so rude. I mean You're that's gonna the goal. You're going to cry every day. No,
1: I'm really You're gonna not. Cry I'm going to every... cry into my yes, stacks of fat cash. So yesterday I went on some on an Instagram group with my fellow classmates from my law school and I was like, "Do you guys know how to transition like into big law from public interest?" <laughs> they did not have answers for me. Uh,
0: I mean anything is possible.
1: I saw I'm gonna tweet, be a trailblazer. I'm gonna uh, start working for like Jones Day. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just not gonna comment on that. <laughs> or like, I wonder, if, do the pro life people, do you think they pay better? I mean, they might.
0: Ew, okay. I was thinking literally today, I was thinking um about. Uh, how I was reading a case. I can't remember what it was. I think it was about, like, 1557. But I was, like, thinking about how gross it is that, like, the people who, like, work on, like, one side and, like, completely destruct the entire, like, system of laws that are in place to, like, protect people's rights, and then they get hired by, like, big organizations to be litigators to work on the other side, and people's, like, justification is, like, well, they're the ones who, like, destroyed the right, and we were, they were our opponent for so long, so they know it better than anybody. And it's like, yeah, but does that person actually get to come in and then, like, fix the shitstorm they created? Like, that sucks. Yeah. I'm thinking about, like, Neil, you know, like, Neil Katyal? No. a
1: bell
0: like... I think he's like the person that has argued the most, um, Supreme Court, he's like argued like a billion Supreme Court cases, but he'll like hop back and forth between like one side and the other. And I think actually (laughs) he's, he's annoying for me on a personal level because during like the Gorsuch battle, he like wrote this op-ed in like support of Neil Gorsuch. And, like, oh, Neil Gorsuch is going to be a fine justice. Like, just let him, like, this isn't our court battle against Trump. As if every battle isn't a fucking court battle against a Trump nominee. So, yeah, I don't like him. And, um, but he's a good example of somebody who I should gets aspire to flip-flop to be. back and forth. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. I actually saw a tweet that he's going to be voicing one of the new m and <laughs> But I Shut think up. that was a That's somebody a lie.
1: like. <laughs> I think that was like someone like <laughs> trying to dunk on the lips That's a <laughs> <And> Troll. I, <laughs> Wait, can we talk about really quickly the Eminem debacle? Please, I want to hear. It with
0: this is a good segue into our pop culture section.
1: Yeah. TikTok, like c- the criticism of it, I haven't, even, I haven't, seen like the source material, but apparently <laughs> conservatives are mad at Eminem, the company that makes chocolate candies, because the because they're trying to like unsexify the brown Eminem. They're giving no her sh- the green M M&M. M. Oh, the gr- okay, sure, the green M M&M. They took her
0: bad bitch high heels away. <laughs> Did they take her lashes?
1: So apparently they—they they were like they were wasting Fox News airtime on this, and um, everyone is like, "Is this? Is this the thing that you?" And apparently, criticism was like, "Oh no! Like woke culture, like taking away all of our rights." It's like, what, the right to sexualize a piece of candy? Yeah. Like, you're weird. Why are you
0: mad? It's like the kind of similar to the Lola Bunny thing when people were like, why are you taking it like Lola Bunny's BBLOA and her like big fat titties and like her sexy outfits? <laughs> Which is like, yeah, I get it. It's like, why do we have this over-sexualized cartoon? But also, why is this a thing? Like, can we... <laughs> Like are you all really attracted to an M&M or a a, Bart, a bunny character? I'm sure cartoon? you can get like
1: commemorative pieces from M&M Incorporated if you want to see that more, you know? Like of the heels.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um not me getting a work email at 9:30 at night. That just made me I literally my get butthole.
1: notifications <laughs> from people reviewing like my work like at 10. and I'm like you need a life. <laughs>
0: It gives me anxiety. You can't check. Um, but I'm looking at them now. Like, yeah, they're taking away the green MMs. Bad bitch heels. The brown M&M is the same, but I heard that they are ni- non-binary. The brown m Oh, M&M. that's what
1: they're mad about. The brown M&M. <laughs> <laughs> brown m M&M. It's a chocolate. It's ch- it's a piece of chocolate. <laughs> It doesn't have gender. What are you
0: talking
1: about? Um, it's and as like people- the
0: non-binary podcaster on this podcast, I want you to speak at if you news conference for the
1: non-binary I brown I don't M&M. feel seen or unseen by the <laughs> M&M incorporation. <laughs> And I don't care. It's like when people like misgender my dog, I'm like, it's a dog. It has no concept of what it is or why you're looking at its genitals, weirdo.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. I love it. Um, but yeah, I heard Neil Katyal was a, a voicing Eminem. And now I realize that that was... You were being trolled. I was being trolled. Actually, this is my favorite. Um, in law school, a couple of times I spread rumors about people um that oh ended up being true, like getting back to people, and they thought that it was true. And they were like repeated back to me. Like, there's this one kid who was like really annoying and drove me nuts, and he spoke in a British accent. And the only reason I really... I really didn't give a shit what he was doing, but, like, the reason that he annoyed me in one out was because he was just, like, part of the group of, like, um, gunners. And he would, like... I don't know. He would just, like, hang out with these kids that would make other people feel, like, shit about their test grades. And, like, I just hated that. And, and then on top of it, he would walk around with this, like, questionable English accent. So I started telling people that he was from Pittsburgh and <laughs> that his accent was made up <laughs> and then like the week of graduation i'm out with one of my good friends and we're like having drinks like and like sitting in the sun just talking about law school and jobs and oh crazy we're graduating and my friend who was in a completely different section from me in 1L turns to me and goes uh did you hear? Like I heard that like he's not even British. Like he's from <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> and I tell you, I, I love like, that for you. almost choked on my straw. <laughs> it was so funny, hilarious. I love when you like spread a rumor about someone and then it gets back to you and people like really think it's true. But that's basically what happened with the Katz y'all voicing one of the M&Ms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you sure you didn't start that rumor yourself And now it got back to you And you were shocked again I'm
0: right here spreading fake news I just tried to tell you that And it's not even true So yes yeah. I'm the biggest I mean, I spreader of I fake news I don't think that
1: anyone listens to our podcast For facts, figures um, Researched opinions You know Yeah. No.
0: And if they do that's on them That's like, on them We told y'all not to listen to us
1: Yeah. So okay. The- Next thing we wanted to talk about, uh, another TikTok thing, kind of. Everything here, this is just a TikTok set um, as two elder min- millennials trying to figure out what Gen Z is. Is the yeah. uh, West Elm Caleb situation going on in the city of ooh. dreams, New York, maybe. Ooh, ooh,
0: ooh. Okay, so I'm gonna give you an overview of what my understanding is of what happened. Um, and this could, again, be wrong. A Twitter will also link the TikToks here. Wait, were you gonna say something?
1: I was gonna say something not related to anything, but have you seen the TikToks of like <laughs> rescue dogs and cats in the background? And they're like living in like a dual income kids um, apartment and they have all these like beds and stuff. And the, the background song is like, No, <laughs> American Dream, New York, <laughs> New Me. I have not. We will also link that. You all can write
0: <laughs> American in your dream. thoughts.
1: It's so funny. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't, you probably have seen it. But you would know the song if, if you knew it. It's it's really good. Anyways, that just reminded uh, me of that. Keep going. I'm your, sure, I'm sure it's American with my...
0: Dream. So okay, folks. Um, so what happened was some, I guess, jewelry designer, very rich woman in New York City I'm assuming rich cuz the clothes are very nice and the apartment looks nice. Um yes, so she I guess like was tweeting, she was on um TikTok and was TikToking about some guy who she had gone on a date with and really connected with him and they had a great conversation, felt like they had really connected and Or maybe she went on two dates with him. I don't know. And then out of nowhere, he just ghosts her. And so she just like puts it on TikTok. And she's TikTok famous. And then all of these people. And like she never mentioned his name or anything like that. She just, that's what she said. And then all of these people start like responding. Presumably people who live in New York City. Start responding and commenting like, is this about West Elm Caleb? And... She's like, I'm not sure if she, if it really was about West Elm Caleb or what, but like, regardless, this is where like the inception of this big drama occurred. So then this other girl named Kate, who's also very rich and also lives in a nice apartment in New York City, she gets, um tagged by a friend who's like and she too shares like I'm going on a date right now and like I'm getting ready and then she comes back from the date and she's like oh my god that was so great I feel like I just like we just really hit it off and blah, blah 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 and she then gets like tagged in a TikTok from one of her friends who's like dude is this the guy that you were telling me about that like worked at West Elm and you had a great date with and At the same time, she gets a text from West Elm Caleb, who was, in fact, the guy she'd been on a date with. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. Like, I think I'm getting canceled on TikTok right now because I, like, went on dates with a couple girls and then, like, ghosted them. And so she's like, what the hell? And then she starts doing her own TikTok story about it all. And it just spirals out of control from there. All these other girls start sharing, like, messages he had sent them like all this stuff one girl said that he just like she like had a coffee date with him was waiting to meet him and then all of a sudden she's like at the coffee shop and she looks down at her phone and there's his dick on (laughs) her phone and she's like what and he like she's like dude what the hell like why did you do that like we were like having like a nice wholesome conversation and then boom your dick's there like coffee dick yeah like we're going to coffee and he's like I'm sorry like I have a big dick and I like didn't want people to like (laughs) like girls usually like take advantage of me for my body and I didn't I just wanted to like get that out in the open and she's like get your uh, dick out in the open (laughs) yeah and she was like first of all like okay this just it just got weird from there uh, basically all these girls had very similar stories that's the only one i heard about the dick but the pattern was it wouldn't be just like oh, oh like, did you
1: see the um that he made playlists for all these girls but really it was the same yes. exact playlist with like a different name different on it.
0: names like furniture boy it's like psychotic and then, like, Yeah, And then he was saying in the messages, like, I feel really good about this. Like, I could see this going somewhere. Like, what are your intentions with me? Yeah, like, all this stuff. And then, like, girls would eventually have sex with him. And then, like, they wouldn't hear from him again. And they'd be like, what the hell? So all that to say is that this was triggering for me because... I, too, was dating in New York City for the five years that I lived there before I moved to D.C., and I had this experience so many times where it would like, everything would be going great, I'd be getting to know this, like, guy, and then we would, like, maybe move to the next level where I felt like, oh, whatever, like, I or maybe I just wanted to have sex that night, like, whatever. Mm. We would, like, sleep together, and then it was, like, almost, like, because I had slept with them, they were, like, over it. Like, they had, like, figured it all out about well, me, and then high they were done. high-value
1: men don't want to sleep with people with women with a used vagina. Oh, is that have what it se- is? Have you seen this other TikTok?
0: No, I have not. So,
1: and I so apparently, don't want to see it. So apparently <laughs> men have podcasts and Ew. yeah what I do know. they talk about this this is what they talk about and there's like this whole like trend of those uh of video clips from those podcasts going viral and there was like this one podcaster who literally was like you know like i don't want to have sex with a used vagina or like they're comparing like you know you wouldn't want to be with a lock that like all these keys can open but a key that can open a bunch of locks that's like really useful and it's like the metaphor is not what? metaphoring um, no and so because there's like that filter uh that can give you a beard and stuff on tiktok uh girls are like not not cis men are using it and like pretending to be like these alpha males <laughs> On TikTok and just saying like <laughs> verbatim what these guys are saying on their little <laughs> podcasts. And it sounds so fucking ridiculous.
0: <laughs> like, oh my God. But yeah, anyway, yeah. just another
1: TikTok tangent.
0: But I mean, it, it underscores the point here where it's like the tough part is that all of these people on Twitter started getting involved and like say having their hot takes, but their hot takes were, I don't know. It's like on one side, it's like, this guy did not deserve to be doxxed. It did not no. deserve to go that far. where his is shown, his job is contacted, like all this stuff. That was too far. On the other hand, I don't think we should then turn around to the people who felt a type of way about the way he treated them and have them be made to feel like their feelings aren't valid.
1: Yeah. No, what, are, I, what are your like, thoughts? I think from like the information that we have, I think... And there could be other stuff going on that we just, like, don't know about, other stuff that he's done. Because I, I feel like this seems to me, like, especially, like, the playlist thing and, like, just, like, the amount of, of people that he was dating at the same time, like, indicates to me that this is, like, the tip of the iceberg. You know, like, this is, like, it seems like a pattern of behavior that will escalate if it hasn't already but still, from the, the information that we know, like, I don't think he did anything that's, like, the worst. Was it manipulative? Yes. Um, should, I? do I think it's a, it's a good idea that people called him out on it? Yeah. I don't think he should be doxxed or, like, you know, necessarily fired from his job. Like, I personally wouldn't hire him. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think that he needs to, like, never be able to date or live his life just based on the stuff that we know. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and also it's, like, if, for me, it's, like, if the shoe fits, wear it, honey. Like, it you didn't, like, it's not, like, these girls went out of their way to, like, fabricate a narrative about you that's, like, untrue. Yeah. They all just had a repeated experience, and it just happened that, like, the algorithm of TikTok brought them together. But it's, like, if you have, like, a pattern of, like, serial behavior where... I don't know. For me, there's, like, a difference between, like, having sex being part of getting to know somebody because that should be what it's part of, right? Like, yeah. it, should, it shouldn't be shamed. Like, if you have sex on the first date, that's fine. Like, if you have, you know, sex on the second month, that's fine. But, like, whenever the two parties are consenting and ready to get into it, like, that's fine. But there is, like, this fine line that I think where it's, like, someone's misrepresenting their feelings towards you to get you into bed. And then as soon as you get into bed with them, they totally disappear. And the thing is, like, people talking about, like, people representing ghosting as if it's, like, a bad thing, like, kind of takes away from the experiences of people who have, like, been ghosted in ways where, like, their husband walks out when they have, like, five children or whatever. It's like, okay, those two things can exist at the same time, right? That really bad, egregious version of someone, like, totally disappearing on you and leaving you, like, with the bag in your hand, that's horrible. But there's also something to be said about people who date and then don't act like an adult and communicate with the person, like,
1: hey, this isn't, like... I really liked hanging out with you today. It's as simple as a voice note. (laughs) It's as simple as a text (laughs) of just being like... And, like, I had to start doing... Because um, when I was, like... When I was dating to find my husband, um, I went on a lot of dates. And I really tried... Because I was being really intentional about, like... About dating and, like, getting myself out there and, like, being upfront about, like, what I wanted... Uh, one of the things too that I reflected on is like that I kind of let things like kind of simmer out I wouldn't like ghost anybody but I would kind of maybe like lead them on longer than I should have or like kind of um, like instead of just being like I don't want to date you I would just be like oh I'm busy until they gave up <laughs> you know which is like not yeah. great but I like really made an intention to like if after the first date I was like, I don't see this going anywhere, just, like, saying that. Like, even in a text, just being like, hey, like, you know, I you know, I had a good time. I just, like, don't see this working. And, like, that's all you have to say.
0: Yeah, I don't feel, uh, I'm not feeling the romantic vibes. Or, like, you yeah. know, it doesn't even have to be about the person. yeah I honestly think telling someone, like, you can't hang out repeatedly is, like, less offensive than yeah. talking to just someone nothing. every day sending them a uh, playlist made for them like it, making it as if like you they crafted it just for you like saying all this stuff like i could see us going somewhere and then totally disappearing off the face of the earth and never yeah. responding to them again
1: that is so confusing and like hurtful to be on the yeah. other end of did i tell you when i like literally met this guy's like sister and then he ghosted shut up <laughs> that's was I, like, I was like facetiming this person's um like sibling <laughs> oh my god and then i was ghosted um and it was coincidentally after we hooked up
0: yeah see that feels like and when i was like living in new york and going and i will also say like the people who are commenting on The experiences of people who are dating in New York and have never dated in New York, I almost want to be like, shut your goddamn mouth until you've been through it yourself, hope because you don't know what it's like out here because it's horrible. I have never dated so many shitty people in my life than when I was dating in New York. That when I started dating in DC, I was like, wow, people are nice here. Like they're not trying to like emotionally destroy you.
1: Yeah, (laughs) on a chance encounter. I honestly feel like dating in D.C. is not that bad. You can really find people. It can be... It can take a while, but I think there's, like... It's not so big that you feel totally anonymous because it's, like, small enough that you almost always have, like, a second or third person connection to someone. So there's, like, accountability in that way. Like, you can't just, like, be the worst person.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, there's a lot of people that D.C. attracts that are bad people. Like but there's also a lot of people that DC attracts that like are interested in like public interest and i think like people who i like have certain like morals or values that like lead how they show up in the world are less likely to like be emotion like irresponsible with someone else's emotions you yeah. know if, yeah. if that's or just like, more aware Whereas, of
1: it yeah
0: yeah whereas in new york it's like there's five thousand guys wearing a beanie who all went to scad and uh like graphic design is their passion like (laughs) and like (laughs) next thing you know you got played by one of
1: these stupid little hoes and it's the worst feeling dating is rough did i tell you okay (laughs) i'm just going back to my my brief and wondrous uh serial dating phase before i met my current love of life um Did I tell you about, I went on a second date. I drove all the way to, like, not, I think it was past, like, Clarendon, Virginia.
0: Oh, hell no. It was, like,
1: 40 minutes. No. And he was, like, this was our second date. And he was, like, oh, I want to show you my house. Because I was, like, oh, cool. He's, like, he bought himself a house. I'm, like, like let's let's just give this a I show up. I'm looking really cute. And... Um, And I thought it was going to be like, oh, we're going to like make dinner together, like cute, blah, blah, blah. I show up. He's in sweats. No, you should have turned around right there. I should have. He's in sweats. He's in sweats. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, what's the vibe? (laughs) He's like, oh, (laughs) like we could watch a movie. And I was pissed off. So I put on the um, Zodiac Killer Netflix (laughs) movie. (laughs) You would do you that. Because I was like, that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch what I want to watch. And then and then he had, like, no plans for dinner. And I was like, what are we do And then he was like, oh, I I thought we could just, like, order food. I'm like, okay. And he hadn't even, like, downloaded the app on his phone to order. Like, Ew. zero preparation. So I was like, so he was like, oh, what do you want? I'm like, I'll take a large pad thai and this and that, because I'm having a nice time. And then I waited until the pad thai got there. And then I had my friend call me in fake an emergency. Um, and then I was like, I have to go. And I took my <laughs> pad thai to go. they went home because I was so, like, done. I literally, I ran out of there. I, like, I put my little toes in my sneakers. Didn't even, like, put my feet. I just put my toes in and just walked <laughs> shuffled out of there so that was <laughs> good for you my, i was just i
0: like, would have stayed i would have ended up sleeping there somehow ended up with him months later in a horrible like i would not have had the
1: balls to walk out i or the uh, the minute i got there i shouldn't turn around but i didn't but i got pad thai out of it that's always good
0: there you go there you go Ugh, it is really a nightmare. I mean, I have so many s- horrible dating stories, like, I was telling you about that one story that was s- stuck, sticks out to traumatizing. me. Traumatizing.
1: Traumatizing. <laughs> Literally I, like... traumatizing. You know that TikTok?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this is good. The episode, <laughs> the name of this episode is like, TikTok something. <laughs> TikTok Tangents. Yeah. Or do you know TikTok that TikTok Tangents have you seen caleb <laughs> um, um yeah so i had this i went to school in new york city and went to like a university that was like je- kind of big ish and like in the city so there really wasn't like a campus vibe where you got to like create a community you, like the community you created was really just like the people you lived with and whatever um but this guy would always look at me like so intensely whenever I saw him and would like, I F me. And like, so I of course was like, mm, like, hey. And he was like hot, whatever. So fast forward three years, whatever, I graduate and I'm working at a music publishing company and I'm like figuring out what the hell I wanna do. And I'm like on the L and I, see this guy again and he's staring at me again the way he would when we were in college together still doesn't say anything to me this happens again like four or five times so finally I'm like hey from like <laughs> across the train like hi hello yes you see me I see you we know that we went <laughs> to school with each other hello and so he like finally comes up to me and he's like oh my god like hi blah blah so we exchange numbers we like he start texting like all day every day like morning till night like he's like oh i can't wait to go on a like date with you i had the biggest crush on you in college and blah, blah 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 so we're like talking he's like asking me like what my favorite music is and like i tell him like the artist theme and next thing i know like an hour later he's like I just listened to their entire album and like they're so good and I have so much more insight into you now and like so yeah West Elm Calebing me like like, giving me a playlist of songs that he like sending me music that he likes it was just like we went on two dates and then out of nowhere it's like a switch flipped and it was like shortly after we slept together and all of a sudden he's like just completely ghost me. And I like never heard from him again. And I was just like. What the hell? Like this is. Like it was like a meet cute movie rom-com moment. Mm-hmm. We're talking. He's like making me feel so like special. And like what a long
1: con. Like, three Such a long years. con.
0: And staring at me on the L. He even said like. Do you remember that one time. That there was a job fair at school. And like. We were both walking up the stairwell and you like turned around and like looked at me and I was behind you and I was like... Yeah, I actually do remember that. And he was like, yeah, I was, like, staring at your ass the whole time. Like, I was following you because I had the biggest crush on you. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm the love of this man's goddamn life. Like, we're (laughs) going to go get married, I guess. (laughs) And next thing I know, I don't hear a single thing from him again. It was, like, after that, I moved out of New York shortly after that. But that was, like, that one sticks out in memory as, like, wow, this dating in new but so many experiences like that happened in new york it's just like
1: i just i think we should really stop normalizing ghosting it's just like it's so easy to just send like you don't even have to do it face to face you don't even have to like do a whole thing you can just be like vibes are off bye like and that's it if you want to be nice you can you know explain but you don't have to also like because also like my thing too it's like 'cause I've been ghosted a couple times, and it's like usually by men after we've hooked up, and it makes me feel like, am I like bad at sex or something like is that like is my body disgusting like and it's like, no, like you know, cis men will fuck like a couch like it's not me, so but it just like of course like plays into those like insecurity so if if it like the least you could do is just have a text. Maybe put it in your notes app. All you have to do is copy and paste. Like, hey, like, no. Have a nice life. (laughs) Exactly. It does, to your point
0: about it, like, making you, like, if the timing of it being right after sex, like, it does make you feel like either, like, there's some, like, your body didn't do it for them or the sex wasn't good. And then also just, like, the added piece of, like, feeling like you were conquered Like, Mm -hmm. it was, like, oh, I needed to, like, conquer this person. And, like, now that I've, like, relinquished that to them, like, they're no longer interested. Like, that feels yucky. And then it's also the layer of, like, virginity being, Mm -hmm. like... Like, oh, I should just be this, like, virginal person that, like, keeps my legs closed at all times and, like, makes you wait until a ring is on the finger to, like, give it up. It's like, I don't want to do that either. That's not organic to me. Like, yeah, I like to have sex. Like, I like to, like, whatever. Like, it's just weird. It's, it turns it into this, like, transactional dynamic and it feels yucky and it feels like, and like, like the you're thing, being like it, The gag
1: is, like... For a lot of these people, like, if you just wanted to have sex and you didn't want to date me in that way, that would have been fine. Like, we could have just been fuck buddies. Like, that's a fine, consensual interaction that we can have without manipulating each other into having feelings. Yeah,
0: like, sending playlists and shit. Save it.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I think that's it for this segment. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Do we have any white flops of the week? You're supposed to bring me the- I can't pick the white flop. I'm the white here. I'm trying here. to think of something bad. i trying to think of something bad that happened to me. Are any flops in the media? I don't listen to the media.
0: That's true. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> I
1: don't know what's going on. Um, what did I even do this? Today's Wednesday.
0: I have a white flop of the week,
1: but I oh, feel wait, like- Oh wait, I have one. Okay, go. I have one and I posted about this on my Instagram stories. My white flop of the is the fact that nonprofits pay you pennies on the dollar of what you should be getting and make you feel as if you are doing something wrong because you can't manage your money. But the truth is you can manage your money. It's that you're not getting paid a living wage. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) The problem is not you. And, like, I talked about this, too. Like, I just feel like I carry so much shame about, like, always being, like, in a financially really precarious, like, situation of just being, like... I mean, I'm, I, I'm, like, way better off than I used to be, but just, like, just kind of very truly being paycheck to paycheck, like, not having savings, like, not having the things that I think would make my life a lot less stressful... Um, it's called financial
0: of, trauma. Look so that up. My me. Therap- uh, so my therapist told me, but please continue.
1: Um, and the reason for that is, like, I have these, like, loans from school. And I have loans from, like, running up my credit card in law school because I was trying to, like, buy myself happiness because I was trying <laughs> to unalive myself. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and and when I think it's like that, whatever, like, that trip that I took to Paris... <laughs> Like unnecessary, what? like that unnecessary. But it did, like it did, it saved my life, and so I think it's worth it. Are you Frances Ha?
0: No. Have you seen that? No. Oh my god, you have to watch that. She like basically is about to have a mental breakdown, and her life sucks, and she like books a credit card flight to Paris, and mm. ends up sleep for like two days, and she's so tired from like the jet lag that she sleeps for one of the days. And then she, like, walks around in the dark and then just flies back home and then has thousands of dollars in debt.
1: <laughs> no, I had better trips than that. I went to the, um, the south of France. I went to Amsterdam. Um, I had lots of fun. I went to Portugal. Um, no, I had really good... I, yeah, and I went... I bought a Chloe bag. Um, just, like, a lot of fun. I had to sell that bag, obvious. Um, but I've made a lot of, like really big emotional purchases during that time. And now I'm like riddled with credit card debt that's like insurmountable, like every month to have to pay for it. Um, And I have a lot of shame around that and a lot of guilt, but also like something that my therapist was telling me, it's like, that is the thing that you did to survive that moment. And like, it sucks that you're still paying for it and that you're probably gonna keep paying for it for a while. Um, But it's better than being dead you know like (laughs) so like I don't know I'll take what I can get I guess and also like if I was paid like what I should be getting paid it truly would not be such a like at all it would be manageable I would feel like on top of things I would feel like I could actually get ahead of this and it wouldn't be such a big deal but because you know we literally are like chronically underpaid because I feel like I was like I make more than like my mom makes and I'm like well, that's a really bad like litmus test because like <laughs> like we like I come from like a, a a family and like friends in an area where like everyone is chronically underpaid. So that that's not a good um and I have a freaking like several hundred thousand dollar degree. <laughs> like I should be making more money. Um so anyways, that is my white flop of the week is the shame that comes with the financial instability that is created by the conditions of capitalism. Yeah, I mean, I think it's called like
0: the myth of the nonprofit, where it's like, as long as they can represent themselves, and this is like nonprofits across the board. Like, as long as they can represent themselves as being like this, like poor little, like gritty little nonprofit. Like, everyone's just here because they care about the work and like whatever like they they can get away with like under chronically underpaying people and it's messed up cuz yeah. what for one it's like people do this type of work because they have some type of like personal interest in it or like whether it's like a personal experience they had or it's just a passion that they have and and so that is like preying on people's like passions and like emotions and feelings and like basically nonprofits are like the West Elm Caleb of
1: <laughs> Of the is my worlds. job gaslighting me? Am I being love bombed yes. by my job? Yes. Yes. If, I, I just want to clarify this is not like the most direct criticism at my current employer. It's like a, a criticism of like the entire nonprofit industry. Um, but it does apply to my current employer. I'll say that. Fire me. No, don't. Please don't fire me.
0: Yeah, it applies to all nonprofits. And like something I was thinking about when you were like explaining like, like feeling like very much like about to unalive yourself during law school that you go and take this like a really expensive trip to try to like inject life back into your life and like you went through all the hardships of law school at like the mental the physical the financial the emotional hardships of law school but like you're not getting paid the amount that like the average attorney is when they leave law school, and so like those people, it balances itself out, right? I mean, I'm sure it's not the same for every person, but like you know, there's a light at the end of the tub, at yeah. the end of the tunnel. But with like public interest work, it's like no, the struggle continues, and you're still doing this really hard work, and you still have that very traumatizing, difficult experience of getting to this place, and you're still struggling. So it's yeah. like. It's tough. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's a structural issue. There should be like more financial investment in people who do this work like across the board from like the government and then also like, you know, if we didn't have billions billionaires out here running around, like maybe there would be more money going to this type of work. Um yeah. it is all like capitalism at the end of the day with most as it is with most things, but I think that makes sense that, you know, it is a white flop, too, because, of course, the people who are going to be more finding themselves in these situations where they're riddled with debt and doing this work are the people who have had the experiences that have, like, like ushered them towards this work and then yeah. also don't have, like, the structural access to privilege and resources in society to, like, be well off once mm. they while they are doing this difficult work. So it is just, like, yeah, it is... Nonprofit work is the... West Alm Caleb <laughs> of the working world. <laughs> <laughs> it is love bombing and manipulating
1: <laughs> us <laughs> and being love bombed. What was
0: your white flop? I was gonna use a white flop that, or I was gonna use the read. Um, I don't know if you listened to this week's episode. I just did actually, of the yeah. read. So I didn't know about this. I hadn't heard about this, but um, there is a woman. Kid Fury mentioned a woman who is uh what state was she in virginia let me look it up virginia woman
1: oh with the covid mandates the mask yeah
0: i just googled (laughs) virginia woman mask school guns and it popped up (laughs) right away in loray virginia where i have been um there is a woman Virginia woman arrested after threatening loaded guns to school over mask <laughs> policy. A woman named Amelia King was against a white woman, by the way, as if we even need to tell you that. Right. is against the board's mask policy for students. She said on Friday that if her child had to come to school in a mask, that she would bring every gun loaded <laughs> and ready. Every gun in America. <laughs> before she was cut off and then was arrested and charged and then released on a $5,000 bail. Um and she was charged with violation of a code of Virginia which is oral threat while on school property. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're out of control. You <laughs> like you seriously are out here so <laughs> deep throating the word of fox news and conservative media that you are literally seeing having to wear a little piece of fabric your kids wear a little piece you don't of fabric have to believe in it to wear it
1: also like it's don't, just like ridiculous no asking you to consider science or facts or even care about others like all that's being asked is this little, uh, a fun, stylish statement. Just a across moment across your face.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this woman equates that to, she thought it was appropriate to say she was going to bring every loaded gun every that she owned. Gun. I want to know what is she meant by every? <laughs> Do a school, <laughs> ma'am, with children. And then what? What were you going to was- do with the loaded guns? <laughs> what were you going to do? What was
1: the next step in this plan? I mean, the good thing about children is that they're typically um, shorter than adults. Where and so if she this? was going to shoot up the entire school, she could just aim okay. high. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, everyone, please excuse Anna's um, <laughs> making a joke about school shootings. School- but- I'm not making a
1: joke school student, yes a, you were i'm making a joke about this lady who's sane and bonkers
0: you are amelia king i am not but yeah that was very very floppish yeah. um that was like a, a white
1: um belly flop did you see that there's a virginia uh was it the I forget who it was but it was also in virginia but this uh this legislator put up uh, a website to um, inform them when critical race theory was being taught in schools. And so this uh, TikTok uh, person created this thing that would send them just like spoof emails to that um, tip line. And I, I love that. Every time they try to do that of like, here's this, like, tip email. TikTok shuts it down. I feel like you will not have anything use- usable after you put this out here. What Did they shut the girl down? Oh, no, I mean, like, uh, TikTok shuts it, shuts, like, the oh. tip line down. Because they get so overwhelmed. Because you, you can't do that anymore. Like, anything to do with, like, the internet or, like, forms, like, they, they know too much.
0: This is why I trust TikTok teens with my life.
1: Yeah, for with the my life. Yeah,
0: yeah. Are you considering yourself a TikTok teen?
1: I I consume a lot of it, but I I I don't
0: I don't think I'm a teen. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think you're a teen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm twenty seven years
0: old. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I guess TikTok teen is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. You can be a TikTok teen if that's how you feel. I don't think that's right. <laughs> says oh, no, the person you're who brought bestie. the. Oh no! Says the person who brought the. Are you? Nosh, can you hear me now? <laughs> mhm. I was gonna say. Says the person who brought the nostril theory.
1: It okay. still checks out. So I think we need to wrap it up because everything is going yeah. to shit now.
0: All right, mental health of the week. Let's hear it. Uh,
1: I just want to reiterate what I said earlier. Stop feeling shame about money. You didn't do it. It's not your fault. It's probably capitalism. That's it.
0: Um, I think my mental health thing of the week is something my therapist said to me recently about, um, just, like, protecting your own energy and, like, knowing that it's not your job to, like, reach out and try to, like, fix people or make people feel better or whatever. And that like your desire to be liked or loved um, is understandable, but it's also often the thing that's causing you to feel like shit when people don't treat you in the way that you want to be treated or reject your offers to support them. And so stop doing that shit and do the inner work on yourself to like work through that desire to be liked or loved Mm -hmm. and then somehow get to a place where you become comfortable with being misunderstood or your actions misrepresented because at the end of the day it's just you and you know your truth you know how you showed up and how you didn't and um that you can trust yourself and be okay with that
1: yeah um (laughs) don't laugh at me. Uh, I was going to say, and just invest in people that uh, invest in you.
0: Yeah, and who are willing to grow with you and learn with you and work through things with you and love you.
1: Not us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, that's going to wrap up our podcast for this week. Um, We will link the TikToks that we referenced below. And we hope that you all Stay fabulous. Bye!